Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. Now, this can be an advantage or a disadvantage depending on the type of story you're writing. So for example, if mysteries and revelations are important to your story, the closeness of first-person point of view is going to allow the reader to discover information as the character discovers it. And because the reader is only going to know what the character knows, it's easy to spring surprises on them. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about point of view and tense. And I wanted to tackle this topic today because I've been getting a lot of questions recently about how to choose the right point of view for your story. And this is a great question because, believe it or not, choosing the point of view to write your story from is one of the most important decisions you need to make when starting a new project. And that's because you can use different points of view to create different experiences for your readers. And whatever you choose will fundamentally affect how the reader responds to your characters and their actions. So in this episode, we're going to break things down and I'm going to walk you through some questions that will help you decide on the right point of view for your story. But before we get into that, let's just make sure we're all on the same page about what point of view is. So point of view is the lens through which your story is told. It's going to determine whose eyes the reader will experience your story through. And there are three main options for you to choose from. First person, second person, and third person. I recommend sticking to either first person or third person, and I'll explain why as we get a little bit further into the episode. So let's go ahead and dive right into first person point of view. In first-person point of view, your protagonist is the narrator of the story, so they're telling their story from their perspective in their voice, and the events are filtered through their unique worldview and biases. As an example, I'm going to read you a little snippet from The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. When I wake up, the other side of the bed is cold. My fingers stretch out, seeking Prim's warmth, but finding only the rough canvas cover of the mattress. She must have had bad dreams and climbed in with our mother. Of course she did. This is the day of the reaping. So in this example, you can see how Katniss is narrating her own story. She's filtering everything that happens through her perspective, and she's showing us how she's interpreting what's going on around her. Now, the great thing about first-person point of view is that it allows for closeness between the protagonist and the reader because the reader gets to experience the character's thoughts, emotions, and subjective interpretations of events as they happen. So if a character has a powerful emotional experience, the reader is very likely to have one as well. And because the narrator is the point of view character, they're going to have a limited view of the events that occur in the story. 
So in other words, the reader can only learn the information through that character's direct experience, so what they see, feel, hear, say, and do, and a certain degree of indirect experience, or what they interpret from the actions, words, or circumstances of other characters. Now, this can be an advantage or a disadvantage depending on the type of story you're writing. So for example, if mysteries and revelations are important to your story, the closeness of first-person point of view is going to allow the reader to discover information as the character discovers it. And because the reader is only going to know what the character knows, it's easy to spring surprises on them. Now, in this scenario, the suspense and tension that comes from the character trying to piece things together, that becomes an experience that the reader can share with the character. So it's going to bring them closer together and give them that sense of immersion that they're looking for in a novel. Another thing to know about the first person is that it allows you to use an unreliable narrator if you would like to. So an unreliable narrator is a narrator whose credibility has been compromised. And this could be because a character is lying. It could be because they're mentally unstable. They could be deluded. They could be young and naive. Or there could be any other number of reasons why they're unreliable. An example of an unreliable narrator can be found in a book like Fight Club or in The Murder of Roger Ackroyd by Agatha Christie. Now, for some examples of books written in the first-person point of view, they would be stories like A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Moss, It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover, The Martian by Andy Weir, Circe by Madeline Miller, The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, The Divergent series by Veronica Roth, and The Twilight series by Stephanie Meyer. So just some examples for you there, and that is first-person point of view. Now let's dig into second-person point of view. So in a story that's written in the second-person point of view, the reader is going to become the central character in the story. So in other words, the narrator is speaking to you. And if you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure books, when probably when you were younger, those were written in second-person point of view. So here's an example from one of those Choose Your Own Adventure books called The Journey Under the Sea. It says, You are a deep-sea explorer searching for the famed lost city of Atlantis. This is your most challenging and dangerous mission. Fear and excitement are now your companions. So in this example, you can see how the narrator is directly speaking to the reader, making them the protagonist in the story. Now, this is not a point of view that I would recommend writing in just because it's not that common for modern fiction, and it can be a little bit jarring to the reader. So we're not going to dive into that one too much just because I don't recommend it. But we are going to dive into third person, so let's move on to that one next. A story told in third-person point of view is presented from a narrative distance that makes the reader an outside viewer of the story. And within third-person, you have two choices. You can either write in the third-person omniscient, or you can write in the third-person limited. And we're going to dig into both of these, starting with third-person omniscient. So in the third-person omniscient, the narrator does not exist inside the story. Instead, they tell it from the outside, sometimes intruding with their own perspective. So this means that the narrator is kind of godlike and they see and know everything in the story and their knowledge is not limited to what any character knows or sees. So they can talk about things from the past or things that will happen in the future or dip into any one character's point of view. So I'm going to read you an example of this from The Fellowship of the Rings. So it says, I thought you liked walking in the dark, said Frodo, but there is no great hurry. Mary expects us sometime the day after tomorrow, but that leaves us nearly two more days. We'll halt at the first likely spot. The wind's in the west, said Sam. If we get to the other side of this hill, we shall find a spot that is sheltered and snug enough, sir. There is dry firwood just ahead, if I remember rightly. Sam knew the land well within 20 miles of Hobbiton, but that was the limit of his geography. 
Just over the top of the hill, they came on a patch of firwood. Leaving the road, they went into the deep resin-scented darkness of the trees and gathered dead sticks and cones to make a fire. Soon they had a merry crackle of flame at the foot of a large fir tree, and they sat around it for a while until they began to nod. Then, each in an angle of the great tree's roots, they curled up in their cloaks and blankets and were soon fast asleep. They set no watch, even Frodo feared no danger yet, for they were still in the heart of the Shire. A few creatures came and looked at them when the fire had died away. A fox passing through the wood on business of his own stopped several minutes and sniffed. Hobbits, he thought. Well, what next? I have heard of strange doings in this land, but I have seldom heard of a hobbit sleeping out of doors under a tree. Three of them. There's something mighty queer behind this. He was right, but he never found out any more about it. So in this example, you probably heard how the narrator dips into the thoughts of both Sam and the fox. And then the narrator comments on how the fox is right about something weird going on, but the fox never finds out any more details. So this kind of omniscient, godlike perspective is the ability of an omniscient narrator. And this is one of the benefits of using the third-person omniscient is that it allows you to capitalize on a sense of dramatic irony, which happens when the reader knows something that the characters don't. However, third-person omniscient is not a popular point of view to write in these days because readers like to feel connected to the characters, and the omniscient narrator gets in the way of that connection. A lot of the writers I work with think that the third-person omniscient is going to be the easiest choice because the narrator can just know and see and talk about everything. But that's not true. It's actually quite a hard point of view to write in. And the reason for this is because your omniscient narrator needs to be developed just like your protagonist would be. So they need to have their own unique voice apart from the voice of each character. They need to have their own worldviews, their own kind of slant on how things are happening and things like that, just so the reader is never confused about who they're listening to in the moment. Now, some examples of books written in third-person omniscient include the Bridgerton books by Julia Quinn, Dune by Frank Herbert, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman, War and Peace by Leo Tolstoy, Good Omens by Neil Gaiman, and Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. So that's third-person omniscient. Now let's move on to the third-person limited. A story that's told in the third person limited is similar to one that's told in first person in the way that it's narrated from the close perspective of just one character at a time. So as an example, I'm going to read you a little snippet from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Harry had taken up his place at wizard school where he and his scar were famous, but now the school year was over and he was back with the Dursleys for the summer, back to being treated like a dog that had rolled in something smelly. The Dursleys hadn't even remembered that today happened to be Harry's 12th birthday. Of course, his hopes hadn't been high, they'd never given him a proper present, let alone a cake, but to ignore it completely... So in this example, we're seeing the story from Harry's perspective and we don't dip into any other character's thoughts or feelings. Now, because you don't have an omniscient narrator, the reader is only going to be able to know and see what the point of view character knows and sees. And again, depending on the type of story you're writing, this can be an advantage or a disadvantage. So like first person, this can be good for novels where the character is kept in the dark about some aspect of the story. And because of that, the reader is kept in suspense as the character tries to figure out what's going on from their limited viewpoint. However, the difference is that in third person limited, the reader is not trapped inside that one character's head. So that means the author can tell the character's story closely without having to be bound to that person's voice or their thoughts or their feelings or their attitudes towards the events of the story. This will allow the reader to see the character in a more clear and objective way than the character themselves would allow in first person. So just something to keep in mind. 
Some examples of books that are written in third-person limited include things like the A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R.R. Martin, the Harry Potter series by J.K. Rowling, Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell, Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card, the Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss, and The Magicians by Lev Grossman. So those are your three options for point of view. You have first person, second person, third person, and then within third person, there are two choices, third person omniscient and third person limited. Now, you might be wondering, what do I do if I have a story with multiple point of view characters? Is that going to affect my point of view choice or not really? And the answer to that is if you do want to write a story with multiple point of view characters, you can do it in the first person or third person limited. And the benefit of using multiple points of view is that you can jump between characters and tell a story that spans a great deal of space and time. This can be a great tool for novels with big casts and complex plots as it allows you to move about as needed. So for example, in A Game of Thrones by George R.R. Martin, there are nine point of view characters, and the story follows three main storylines across two continents. Each chapter follows a different point of view character and is limited to and by their experiences. And because of that, we get to see conflicting viewpoints of the same events, and there is no omniscient narrator sitting above everything to tell us who's right or wrong in the end. So that's up to us as readers to make those kind of judgments. Having multiple point of view characters can also work well in a story where a character needs to be in a state of not knowing regarding an aspect of the story. So in this scenario, the reader either gets to make discoveries right alongside that character or else they will witness the dramatic irony of that character acting without the knowledge that the reader themselves has gained in an earlier chapter in an alternate point of view. Another benefit of having multiple points of view is that you can develop a greater number of characters from the inside, letting the reader in on each character's thoughts and feelings, making them feel even more real and complex. If you do go this route, it is important that each character have their own distinct voice so that the reader understands who they're listening to at any given time. All of this is why writing from multiple points of view requires discipline and consistency, because if you switch point of view without clearly signaling that switch to your readers, you are going to risk losing their trust, and it's just not going to be a great reading experience. So if you are writing with multiple point of view characters, you will want to stick to one character's point of view per scene and make sure their voices are distinct. Something we talk about a lot in my notes to novel course is that if you do decide you want multiple point of view characters, it's best if they're connected in some way. So for example, they can be in a relationship together, they can have their fates bound together, or they can face a common form of conflict. So this is going to help you create a nice cohesive story where all the point of views feel like they have a purpose and that they're all building up to something important. So if you want to write a story with multiple viewpoints, you can just ask yourself questions like, what are you really going to gain from switching point of view characters? Are you going to be showing the reader some missing information that they really need? Are you capitalizing on an opportunity to switch locations? And is that important for the reader to understand the story? Are you going to be able to explore an interesting subplot? You know, just with most things we do in writing a novel, we just want to make sure there's a compelling reason why we're making a decision and we're not just defaulting to whatever feels easiest. So again, just something to keep in mind. Okay, so now let's talk about how to choose the right point of view for your story. And the key to successfully choosing the right point of view for your story is to understand how each option can impact your story. So we kind of talked about that throughout each of the explanations, right? Each point of view has its own advantages and disadvantages, and each comes with different responsibilities and effects. 
So again, an example here is if you're writing a mystery novel, you're not going to want to use third-person omniscient where nothing is off-limits to the reader. That just wouldn't make sense, right? You'd be better off choosing first-person or third-person limited, which allows for information to be revealed to both your character and the reader at the same time. Now, I have some questions for you to consider if you're trying to decide which point of view to write in. So the first thing to consider is the genre you're writing in and what the common point of view choice is for that genre. You can also think about what age group you're writing for and what the common point of view choice is for that age group. You can think about whether you want to create a sense of intimacy or distance between the reader and the character, and you can even consider whose voice you want the reader to hear as they read the story. There's not really a right or wrong answer, but when in doubt, just choose what feels most natural for you and look at other books in your genre or your age range for guidance. Whatever you do, don't let this decision hold you back from getting started. Now, once you've decided on the point of view that you're going to use, it's time to think about narrative tense. And we're going to go through this really quickly. So narrative tense just shows the reader when the story is happening. And there are three choices. Option number one is past tense, and that just shows the reader that the story has already happened. Option number two is present tense, and this shows the reader that the story is unfolding right now. And then future tense shows the reader that the story has yet to happen. And this one's not very common. Most stories are told either using the past tense or the present tense. And if you can't decide what tense to write in, then I recommend just defaulting to writing in the past tense because that's the way that humans have always told stories, right? All the stories of our childhood were like, once upon a time, there was a princess. So that's past tense. And for most writers, it just feels the most natural to write in. So if you want my two cents, I would start with past tense and just see how that feels. Okay, so let's do a quick recap because I know we just covered a lot quickly. Key point number one is that point of view is the lens through which your story is told. So it determines whose eyes the reader will experience your story through. And you have three main options, first person, second person, and third person. And in general, I recommend sticking to either first person or third person because those are the two most popular options. Key point number two is that I would recommend writing your story in either first person or third person limited. And the reason for this is because modern readers want to feel close to your protagonist and they want to feel super immersed in a story. So first person point of view and third person limited allow for a closeness between the reader and the character because readers get to experience that character's thoughts, emotions, and subjective interpretations of events as they happen. So if a character has a powerful emotional experience, the reader is very likely to have one as well if you are writing in first person or third person limited. Key point number three is that if you decide to have multiple point of view characters, it is best if they're connected in some way. So they can be in a relationship together, they can have their fates bound together, or they can face a common form of conflict. This is what's going to help you create a cohesive story that adds up to something impactful and creates a really nice experience for readers. So again, as you're probably realizing, the point of view you choose all depends on the story you want to tell and how you want your readers to experience the story. In the blog post that goes along with this episode, I have listed out more questions that'll help you choose the right point of view for your story. So you can get the link to that in the show notes if you want to work through those questions. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and for showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them in the show notes listed in the description of each episode inside your podcast player or at savannagilbo.com forward slash podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're following this podcast because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a rating and a review. Your ratings and reviews tell Apple that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. 
And in turn, your reviews will help this podcast get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So if you have a quick second, please leave a rating and a review and share this podcast with some of your friends. And then I'll see you next week with a brand new episode full of actionable tips, tools, and strategies to help you become a better writer. So until then, happy writing.